You're listening to Productive Flourishing. Thanks for joining us today. There, there are so many areas of our life where we get behind and we're not getting what we need that it it's time to kind of take a step back and look and say like, okay, do I continue to move this ball forward? Do I drop it? And what what is it costing me, right? What is it costing me to continue with the way I'm doing things? Welcome to Productive Flourishing, where we explore how to do the work that matters so you become your best self in the world. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey, and I'm joined by Angela Wheeler and other guests who will share their stories, insights, wins, and challenges in the hopes that our journeys and stories will help you with yours. Now, on to the show. If you ask me to name the single biggest workplace time waster, I don't even have to think about it. The answer is email. In fact, a recent study found that almost 50% of the time that managers spend tending to their inboxes is spent on emails that should have never been sent to them or that didn't really need an answer in the first place. But what if you could just press a magic button and never see those time-wasting emails again? Well, that's exactly what SaneBox does. With just a few clicks, SaneBox automatically gets your email under control and filters out the messages that don't need your focus. And you don't even have to switch email apps because it works in concert with whichever email clients you already use. It also has some nifty features like the Sane Black Hole, where you can vanquish senders you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders for sending email reminders to your future self. See how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com giant today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash giant. I've used and loved SaneBox for years, and I think you will too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Productive Flourishing Podcast. I'm really excited about this episode um, for many reasons, but this is another one where Angela's going to join me. And it's been a minute since we've recorded together. It has been a little while. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. You know, we are coming near the end of this season of the Productive Flourishing Podcast. Now, Mm -hmm. for those who are not with us in seasons past, about every 50 or so shows, We think of that as a season. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about a year when you think about it. 52 would be a year, but it's close-ish and 50 is easier. And so we're coming towards the end of the season. Excited by that. Mm -hmm. And something that has been a conversation point in our household, both in the work that we do with clients and in just some conversations we've had, is about debt. Mm -hmm. Now, we can think of debt in normal way, which is you know, how much money you owe folks. And we think about economic debt. Mm -hmm. But in the way that we do, we've also been talking about other forms of debt and how it weighs us down just the same. Yeah. Um, So, for instance, I was talking to, I think I was talking to a couple of weeks ago about this, about how, you know, being in project debt creates this scenario such that, you know, you're behind on that particular project. Mm -hmm. And... Being behind starts to add interest to it, and it starts to weigh you down, and it's just, you know, it's the same sort of thing. Like, you can't get ahead because Mm -hmm. you can't just finish the things that hit you on today and going forward. You have to, like, be fast enough, be good enough, be effective enough, productive Mm -hmm. enough Mm -hmm. to pay down the project debt 
and take on the new stuff today. Or you have to be disciplined enough Mm -hmm. to dislike with financial debt to not take on any new projects until you get yourself out of the hole. Mm -hmm. And the problem with project debt is similar to the problem that we have with financial debt in that we're neither really making headway on the debt that we already have, but we're also not saying no to new debt going forward, or maybe we're not getting ahead. And so there's just that relationship between um, being anchored down by the past mm-hmm. choices, by the past um, things that weren't your fault, mm-hmm. you know, and having today have to pay off yesterday as opposed to today being able to build tomorrow. Yeah. I think, you know, another thing that I think about, you know, you hear the, when you're talking about finances and debt, there's the scary B word, which is bankruptcy. And I actually think it's uh, it's a helpful term to kind of take and apply to other kinds of debt as well in the way that we think about it. And I'm just thinking about, you know, with the projects, for example, it's thinking, you know, is this is this a point where I need to call bankruptcy on this project and it just needs to be done and I didn't finish it. It didn't get to the point I wanted it to be. However, I have this, this, and this opportunity in front of me that I can't fully engage in because of all this project debt in the past. And so I really like, um, I really like the way that we use this word now, um, you know, in our own house and relationship as well as with our team and clients and, and everything. Just a different way to take this idea of debt and apply it to different areas of your life where maybe you've been falling behind with something that is impacting you tremendously and you may not even realize the full impact until you can throw the white flag and or say, like, this project's bankrupt, right? This is done. It's not necessarily an easy place to get to, especially if it is something that you thought of as a passion project. Um, but, but our desires change, our energy changes, our focus changes, um, we change. And in some ways, it's easier to... Um, wave the white flag of um, bankruptcy when it comes to projects than, you know, going down to court (laughs) and, you know, filing for bankruptcy on the financial side. However, it's, I just, I think that this idea is something that is useful to think about. And it's an interesting concept when you start applying it to different areas of your life. I mean, you know, I think about I've I've talked about debt in the way of um, spirituality, um, being in spiritual debt um, when it comes to sleep, which I'm actually dealing a bit with right now. Um, sleep debt, um, but there there are so many areas of our life where we get behind and we're not getting what we need that it it's time to kind of take a step back and look and say like, okay, do I continue to move this ball forward? Do I drop it? And what, what is it costing me, right? What is it costing me to continue with the way I'm doing things? 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned the cost, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I was telling Angela earlier, you know, I'm, I'm working on the book um, and I've been working on it a long time, making really great progress. And I went into this different place today, right? Because um, mm-hmm. as you sometimes do when you're writing. And it was this idea that um, projects care, like owning a project has an emotional cost. Um, mm-hmm. I was playing around with it, like the laws of project momentum, right? And one of those laws being symbiosis, right? And the idea is that the project is only powered by you. And when you're getting the project done, it's actually fueling you in a way. But when it's dragging behind, it's draining you, mm-hmm. right? It's it's depleting you. And so we have this sort of idea that like if we have if we're just carrying these projects and we're not working on them then it's not costing us anything mm-hmm. but it's false yeah. right it is in fact costing us something cuz you're still thinking about it you're still wondering when you're going to you know um be able to work on it you're still if you've told somebody that you're going to do it and you haven't been working and you got to show up and you got to you got to pay that bill down and so it's just like having that project there that you're not working on creates this interest, mm-hmm. right? That you continually have to pay and continually have to pay until you discharge it. Um, now, while we're talking about the the heavy B word bankruptcy, I'm not going to talk about the other one, which is budget, right? We can go there. Right? <laughs> yeah. But when you, when you do talk about bankruptcy, and I think when you talk about money in general, but especially bankruptcy, there's so much shame. Oh, yeah. Right? It's a shame story. Yep. Right? That it's like, oh, I haven't been able to keep up. And I, you know, what's wrong with me? Everybody else is okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody else has got this figured out. But it's just me that can't get right. That Mm -hmm. can't can't get up. And there's a way in which that, that might be true, right? It might be true that there's something that you're continuing to do that you can't break. Mm hmm um, but I think we can take the truth of that without the shame story of that and say, you know what? It actually is true. The way that I'm making choices and the way that I'm spending my time and the way that I'm managing my priorities is such that I am continually in debt. Mm-hmm. I am either in temporal debt in the sense of where I just not enough time in the day and I always feel like gasping like oh i can't i can't make it like mm-hmm. you're in that type of debt you're in emotional debt which we sometimes call overwhelm yeah right just so much weighing on you you can't think you can't breathe you can't engage right you can be in cognitive debt in the sense where you just can't think like no idea attaches onto anything because as soon as it attaches on one thing it jumps over to another right mm-hmm. as angela mentioned you can be in physical debt because you can be sleep deprived um, you could be one of the types, used to be this type, I'm not this type now so much, right? So much, some days is bad, but that, that type of person that like gets so involved and gets so involved in the work that for eight hours, you don't drink water and mm-hmm. eat and go to the bathroom and you're just sort of this ragged dead thing by the time you're done, mm-hmm. right? There's all these types of debt that you can get into, yeah. right? And what's useful once we get past the shame story is that we can't say, yeah, I am making these choices and I have to do some recovery time. That I think that's the other beautiful thing about it. Because when we think that you can just drop something mm-hmm. and you could change your behavior overnight, mm-hmm. which sometimes you can. But if you've been sleep deprived for the last six months, mm-hmm. that first night you go to sleep, you're not going to wake up the next morning and instantly be out of that debt. Mm-hmm. Right? That's had a toll. 
right? If you've had a string of unfinished projects and you just do declare bankruptcy and you do get yourself out of that hole, you don't wake up on this next first project with clean and clear, like I'm going to rule the world on this. Um, my work with clients shows that you're more likely to be a fearful Mm-hmm. That you're going to do the same thing all over again. Yeah. And so you're carrying the debt of that story with you going forward, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the other really useful way about this is because, again, you didn't get into this situation in one day. Mm-hmm. You didn't get into this situation in six months sometimes. Sometimes it's a lifelong, sometimes yeah. it's death gates where the, content, the consistent choices, the consistent choice or the consistent patterns has been such that you've done this. And I think there's some, once again, once you get past the shame and blame game, mm-hmm. you can say, here's where I am. Mm-hmm. I don't get to start new, right? But today, I can make a different choice. I cannot mm-hmm. take on the debt before. If I know that I'm that guy that hasn't been taking care of his body, yeah, I can't wonder why I don't look like the rock <laughs> today. But... I can get my ass in the gym or I can start walking um, so that I at least start chipping down this debt in the term of weight or the term of aching or the term of whatever it is. You can pay that down Mm -hmm. and start working through it. Yeah. I think too, you know, when I reflect back on my own, like even just my own patterns, um, it's, it's so easy to, have this debt in one area of your life, um, but see it show up in every other area of your life. And I can't, I don't know if I can think of a time where I was in debt in one area of my life and I wasn't in other areas as well, right? So if, you know, if I am in, if I'm in sleep debt, like I use that one as an example because it's one, unfortunately, that I know all too well. Um, But if I am in sleep debt, then I can guarantee you I am also going to be in project debt. I am probably going to be in relationship debt of some sort. And I could probably tell you, you know, point to a few other things as well, because if I'm not sleeping well and I'm not functioning well, it means my brain is not working well. Therefore, the parts of a project that need my higher level thinking and creativity are not happening. So, you know, it's, um, you mentioned symbiosis earlier, and I think that that's such a beautiful, um, Beautiful idea um, from nature to bring into our lives and how we can be in symbiotic relationships um, with all these different facets and areas of our life um, so that they're more harmoniously um, supporting one another because we definitely know how they can be unsupportive of one another as well. I'm going to slide in real quick that we have been bouncing a little bit around a framework that we use called the 10 dimensions. We sometimes say the 10 dimensions of life, sometimes the 10 dimensions of thriving. Mm -hmm. If you listen back to the podcast on building better boundaries, we walk through each of those 10 
dimensions. Um, we currently don't have a written post about this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in the book, but um, <laughs> it doesn't exist on PF right now. And we're just using that to walk through as a lens to look at some of these. Last time we talked about using it as a lens for boundaries. We're talking about using it as a lens for debt and progress and symbiosis right now. So just wanted to pull that in just a little bit mm-hmm. um, to give some context to, to where we're looking. And I'm glad you mentioned this relationship between um, depletion in one area mm-hmm. and depletion in another. Yeah. Right. Um, because I think we may have mentioned it during that talk on in, during the podcast, but we definitely mentioned it at the talk at Think Better, Live Better, that if you are overwhelmed in one area of your life, mm-hmm. that's a life where you don't have a boundary. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's the same basic thing, right? There's a sense of depletion that happens, you know, and it's this really weird thing. I've said it in so many different ways. Like part of the human struggle and the suffering that we, that we create for ourselves is we are these infinite sentiences, right? Thinking, believing, soulful things trapped. It sometimes it feels like mm-hmm. in this finite body and in this finite space and time. Mentally, we can we think we can be everywhere and anywhere, but we can be all sorts of places mentally. But physically, we can only be in one space at a time, Mm. right? And that causes a lot of struggle because, as I wrote about in recently in the Three Ways to Overcome Your Nemesis or something like that, we'll link in the show notes, right? Um, Part of the reasons why we end up with nemeses, and I like the Greek version of of nemesis in that it's an agent sent by the gods to um, correct your hubris, which hubris meaning you're um, getting too big for yourself. You're, uh, you know, um, believing you have become divine or godlike, right? And so when you read the sort of Greek stories, and we see this throughout world literature as well, right? When you read those stories, when someone got too big on themselves, that's when they would be laid low by something. Mm-hmm. But underneath that message, um, metaphysics aside, is that. Um, your nemesis comes because you refuse to accept a limit, mm. right? That's why you have a nemesis. And until you accept that limit and embrace that limit and work with that limit, your nemesis is always going to come back and get you. Mm-hmm. Now, why are we going from 10 dimensions to nemesis, Gerald? I'm glad you asked, Angela. Right? <laughs> it's really because that's what debt is. Debt is when you have gone past a limit mm-hmm. and you borrowed from somewhere else, Yeah. Right. Um, and as long, this is why you, we normally see these areas of debt across life, mm-hmm. right? Because the same way you think about using your body might be the same way that you think about using your money, mm-hmm. right? Like if you believe that your body is always going to be enough and it's always going to be there and you don't really have to take care of it, you probably have an attached belief about your money too, mm-hmm. right? And so you don't need to, like, you'll figure it out when you need to figure it out. Yeah. Um, which means you'll figure it out when you have to figure it out. And when you have to figure it out, it's so much harder to figure out than if you, you know, figured it out beforehand. That, mm-hmm. Like, wait a second. I'm this human-bound organic being. I'm not a robot, right? And this human-bound organic feeling, thinking, you know, loving creature needs to be taken care of in a way. It can't go full stop all the time. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to say on this one, and this is about that spiritual dimension that Angela mentioned, right? Um, when we look at successful creative giants and people out in the world, 
just doing great things, almost all of them have some type of meditation, spiritual, or some sort of practice that grounds them and pulls them back. And um, though I don't want to say, I don't know that we can claim spiritual bankruptcy because of the type of beings that we are, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we can be in spiritual debt. For sure. We can totally be in spiritual debt in the sense of it, like, you'll notice that people who are in spiritual debt might be particularly combative, or mm -hmm. they might be snippy, or they might be unfocused, or they might be just running all over the place, doing everything, mm -hmm. because they haven't come back to, you know, th that spiritual dimension. Whether you call that a connection to God, or, you know, the universe, or awestruck at the, you know beautiful morning or your, or your kid. Like that's what we mean. It's something that's neither emotional nor mental. Mm -hmm. And this is why we talk a lot about mindfulness practices or meditation practices yeah. or movement practices or anything that pulls back this dimension of yourself, because it's one of the hardest places, but simplest places mm -hmm. to start to get out of debt. Yeah. Right. Um, because if you can make, 15 minutes of meditation or prayer um, or yoga um, a day a priority, you can make other things a priority too, mm -hmm. right? Just things like that. So um, we talk about weird things on the show, I think, right? We do. <laughs> right. I mean, I know you're, you're listening because you're a smart reader. You read a lot, right? You're, you're, you're into a lot of different things. We get that about you. But so often when we talk about, say, productivity – Mm -hmm. It's just about widgets and material stuff and getting stuff done. And it's so hollow, right? Yeah. And just like sometimes when we talk about spirituality, we're not talking about like how we actually do the spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes lofty but not practical, right? Um, but I just wanted to slide that in there that um, at least in my experience, people who are in a good space with their spirituality mm – -hmm tend not to be so depleted in other spaces of their life. Yeah. Right. For um, sure. And it's just a connection. I don't know what that can, I mean, I, I can, we can know some of those connections. Mm -hmm. Right. But I just wanted to give you a place to start with. If you're just like, oh man, I can't, because what's going to happen here? Someone, maybe you listener are going to say, you know what? I, I, I know I got too much going on. Too much, too many responsibilities too many relationships that I can't maintain with. There's too much. I got too much going on, but I can't let it go mm -hmm. because there's something external in the world that you're using to make some type of meaning. But when you really start going internal and figuring out what matters to you, you can see you're like, wait a second, I'm doing this work and paying these bills for friends that I really don't like and aren't really going to be people who take me where I most want to go. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to please people in that sense, you might just be like, nah, I'm done. And that's a way to let go of that debt because that's, I think, the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things like this, they're debts that you've taken on, but that you don't have to pay and see through in that way. Like they are only, they're only weighing against you or weighing on you because you've accepted that that's a bill that you have to pay. Mm -hmm. But when you refuse to see that you have to accept that bill because it's not powering anything, it's not paying for anything that actually matters to you, it's a whole hell of a lot easier to let that debt go. Yeah. I want to wrap around um, to something you mentioned a few minutes back about um, 
We get into debt because we don't recognize our limits. Um, I'm paraphrasing. I I don't know that that's exactly what you said, but the limit piece of it, pardon me, um, is something that I, I feel really strongly that I need to say this and I'm going to, and I'm really glad that there aren't people around that can throw things at me. Um, so here it goes. We all have limits and you cannot do and be everything and you cannot have and do it all. I realize that this goes in the face of certain waves of feminism or like commercialism or maybe what your parents taught you. All right. And we could we could fight and argue about that some other time if necessary. But that is my true belief. We cannot be, do, and have it all. It's just not possible. And so it's up to us to determine what those limits are and in what areas of our life so that we don't continue to go into debt. And I share this um, and, and I'm going to use I'm going to use an example that, that we all probably have seen in our own lives, if not in our own experience personally, but in a friend or a family member is that mom who wants to do be and have it all. And she got plenty of messages from the magazines in the 70s, 80s and 90s, even still today about how you can have it all and do it all. And she has worn herself absolutely ragged. She is in debt up to her eyeballs in every area of her life. And she hasn't taken a step back and set the limits in each of those areas as to where that that point is for her. And so I do realize that this is probably a little sticky for some people. But for me, I know a long time ago when I realized that I could not be all and I could not do all and I could not have all, that it was also a huge permission slip. And where is my authentic core? What am I doing? How am I showing up for myself and in my relationships And by relationships, I mean your relationship to money, your relationship to your partner, your kids, your friends, your spiritual outlet, whatever that is. How are you showing up in all those relationships? Because at the end of your life, you're not going to get the award for the person who was it all, who did it all, had it all, because that person probably didn't live a very long life. So... I realize it's a little bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to throw it in there that limits. We have to define what they are so that we don't continually allow ourselves to get into debt. Yeah. There's not enough time and energy for everything. But I think the beauty and the grace of it is, is that there's time and energy for what matters most. Exactly. And unfortunately, it's the quest for everything that makes you miss out on those things that matter most. Mm -hmm. And so we want to use FOMO because that's actually what happens for a lot of us, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we fear fear of missing out. (laughs) Okay. 
fear of missing out. Just thinking. We we fear that if we're not doing it all, that we're going to miss something super super important. Right? We're going to miss that merit badge, or we're going to miss that sort of thing. But what we miss out on are the things that matter most to us. What we miss out on are, you know, the morning snuggles and, you know, the um, being able to, like, stop and smell the rain. Not the flowers, but the rain. Like, how that feels and just let it, let it run across your skin and be thankful, mm-hmm. right? Even if it's cold and nasty. But just those small <laughs> moments, those just little mundane, magical moments that if you stop and you're like, you know, I mentioned earlier that we're these infinite sentient beings trapped in this body. But the gift of it is that we are these beings like that gets to experience this life, right? And what we miss out on is experiencing this life. Um, because no matter what you do at the end of your life, some of the things on your list are going to remain undone. Mm-hmm. Let's just make sure that the things that are undone are not the things that matter most. The things that are undone are the things that didn't matter nearly as much as, as other things. And so this is where debt, like where you don't want to like get to the place to where there's so much debt in your life and there's so much of that that you just can't come back to this place of saying, where am I today? My, my priorities have shifted. My life has shifted. How I see the world has shifted. But I am trapped in the decisions that someone made 20 years ago or 10 years ago or yesterday and I can't go forward. So mm-hmm. um, the beauty of debt, when you really embrace debt, is that you can also embrace surplus at the same time. Yeah. Um, now we can go, but we're not going to. I just want you to sort of think about like if you can be in debt, then you can also be in abundance. Um, and understanding and playing with those concepts is what can create that fulfillment, that ability to, to sort of know that Everything um, has a place, and everything that matters most, will you'll get to it in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess another thing that's kind of floating around in my head right now about this, um, you know, taking a, a bit of a step back from from what I was mentioning a bit ago is that The realization and the wrapping your arms and your mind around this idea of limits and not being able to to have it all and be it all and do it all is it can be it can be saddening. It could be exciting. It could be exhilarating. It could be like, thank you, universe, for giving me permission to be human can be all these things. And it also for me opened up more of the the need the recognition and the need to reach my hand out and ask for help and i think that that too is how we can get into debt in many different ways is that we try to muscle through and figure it out ourselves and do it ourselves because that's, you know, the if it's the American dream or the Protestant work ethic or, you know, whatever you want to point to, um, that's, that's a sign of a big, strong person that's done it. They've grown up, they're winning. Um, but the people who are most successful in life 
are the people who know when they need to ask for help. And they know where their limits are and when it's time to recognize, wow, all right, I've gotten in a little over my head here. And before I keep digging this hole, I'm going to ask somebody to help me. Give me some ideas. Give me some perspective. Help pull me out of this. And to come from a place where realizing that everyone has limits. Yes. Everyone has limits. Everyone needs help at some point. And that asking for help doesn't mean that you've given up mm. or that you're not enough um, or that, you know, all those types of things. And so just coming from a different place. And to wrap it up, it's it's easy when we talk about debt to, for it to come across as super judgy. And mm-hmm. if, you're, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that's not the place we come from. Really the place that we come from is that we see a lot of happiness out there. And we also see a lot of suffering, mm-hmm. right? And um, not talking about some of these things, not embracing some of the things is what leads to that suffering. Yeah. And it's hard to thrive when you're suffering. Like you can go through some adversity and thrive. Mm-hmm. But if you're suffering, it's really, really hard to thrive. So we're not coming from a place of like, you're wrong and what's wrong with you. It's just like, hey, you know, here's where things are. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like you're suffering. If, if that resonates with you, right? Yeah. You're suffering. And we just hope that this gives some ways so that tomorrow or maybe later today, if you make choices today, that you suffer less and thrive more. Yeah. All righty. It's been a fun conversation, Angel. Thanks so much for joining me again. Yeah. Thank you for for having me on here again. Okay, like I said, we're cresting the end of the season. We're super excited about that. We got some news about that coming up. I'm not going to tell you today, though. You're going to have to wait <laughs> a few more episodes. Um, in the meantime, take stock of just where you are in life. Like, think about, you know, maybe some of these dimensions we've talked about. Maybe think about your work, think about your money, and see what you can do to acknowledge what the debt is telling you from the sense of it's telling you about limits. Mm-hmm. Try to let go of the shame yeah. and see what you can do to start to get yourself out of debt so you can create the abundance and the thriving that you most want. Until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to Productive Flourishing. To get more resources that will help you finish the work that matters and be your best self in the world, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. If this episode warmed your heart or got your wheels turning, We'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for the podcast on iTunes.